0: Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast for water treaters, where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. My name is Trace Blackmore, and I am your host for Scaling Up H2O. folks. I have to tell you, there are so many people out there that get in touch with me and they say they enjoy this show. They say they enjoy the show because, one, they feel like they are no longer an island. Even though they are separated from their fellow water treaters on their day to day servicing account to account, they can turn on scaling up H2O and they know that they are part of a community. They are part. Part, we are part of the Scaling Up Nation. We need to celebrate that. That is so awesome. I appreciate everybody who has written in, who has called in, who has told me in person that they personally feel that they are part of a community and folks, I am just so excited about that. Another reason that people will talk to me about scaling up is that they get to learn more about their craft in their day-to-day. Now, most of us, we learn by talking with people or reading information. Well, folks, we can't do that on our regular day-to-day because we're driving from appointment to appointment. We're talking to customer to customer, and it's just not conducive to stop everything that we're doing and read a book. Well, folks, I've told you about this before, and I'm going to tell you about it again. The way I started reading again was with Audible. I am busy driving around, and I live in Atlanta, so it takes five times longer than it needs to get anywhere because of the traffic that we have but traffic's okay, it gives me time to read. Yes, I drive and read. How do I do that? I do that with Audible. Audible is a service that has so many book titles on it and it allows you to listen as you go through your day to day. Many of you have said that you have tried this service and you are sold on it and you have been able to start reading again. If you would like to try it, I can get you a free book and a free month by simply going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Audible. I know you will love this service as much as I do. Well, I mentioned that so many people out there love this show because they get to learn more about water treatment. A couple of episodes ago, I spoke about corrosion and how we deal with corrosion in our day to day. Well, today I'm going to continue that theme, but today we're going to be talking about scale and what scale is what it does, why we care about it, and how we're able to do something about it. Before I start talking about scale, I want to talk about what a water treater's job is. We treat water. We have to know, one, the amount of water that we are treating to treat it correctly, but we also need to know the equipment that that water is going to see so we can predict what is going to happen so that means one we need to know the volumes of our systems but we also need to know every piece of equipment that our treated water is going to touch and I can't tell you how many water treaters I've worked with that don't know how much water is in their system and then they have never ventured outside of the mechanical room to see all the pieces of equipment that their treated water comes in contact with. So please do yourself a favor and make sure you know every piece of equipment that your treated water comes in contact with now that i've said that let's talk about water we know that water is the universal solvent water against anything else given enough time water will win it will dissolve it that's the only thing that it knows to do is to dissolve everything and it will so when we get water it's important to realize that we don't just have water when we turn on the faucet it's not just water it's water and stuff and we're going to talk about where that stuff comes from it's very important that we understand that only pure water evaporates leaving its solids behind and then when it condenses and it starts to rain it is now water Water in its liquid state will dissolve everything. So as it's falling through the sky, it is dissolving all the gases it comes in contact with. When it hits the ground, it's dissolving everything it comes in contact with as it percolates down or it runs off into a lake or stream. So when we get water, I mentioned before, it's not just water, it's water and stuff. And that stuff is three different categories. It's dissolved solids, suspended solids, and dissolved gases. It's very important that we realize that each one of those three items will make it more difficult for us to treat water. And in fact, if you've heard me talk about what a water treater's job is, We have to slow down corrosion. We have to prevent scaling, i.e. things coming out of solution. We have to make sure that the biologicals and the systems just don't grow rampant. And then we have to do something about the general dirt and debris in the system. So now, let's look at those categories that we just talked about. We said only pure water evaporates, leaving its solids behind, but when it becomes water and it condenses and it starts to rain, it starts to dissolve everything. It dissolves all the gases, it dissolves everything it comes in contact with. And the three categories are dissolved solids, suspended solids, and dissolved gases. Well, the dissolved gases, those are things like carbon dioxide, oxygen, ammonia, sulfur dioxide, hydrogen sulfide, all these various things, these are getting dissolved in the water. Then we have suspended solids. Suspended solids are the soil, the decaying matter, certain minerals, oil, microorganisms, clay, all this stuff. The water has not had a chance to dissolve yet. It's just going on for a ride and then there's the stuff it has dissolved and those are the dissolved solids those are things like calcium magnesium alkalinity silica sodium chloride sulfates iron bicarbonates carbonates i think you get the idea and i think you have picked up that these are the tests that you are running on your treated accounts well we need to know what is dissolved in that water Because there's only so much that the water can hold before there is an issue or the conditions of the systems change and then we form scale. So those four items that I mentioned that a water treater has to deal with come from the fact that water has water and stuff in it. So, the dissolved gases, well, they enhance corrosion. We're never going to solve corrosion. Corrosion is something we're always going to deal with, but we can severely slow it down. When we have a bunch of dissolved gases in the water, that's going to increase the potential for corrosion. The suspended solids, well, that's all the dirt and debris that we get in the system that eventually either lays down on a heat transfer surface or it creates another problem in the system. So that's where the dirt and debris comes from or the suspended solids. And amongst those are microorganisms. So those are coming right in with the makeup water or we're pulling those in if it's a cooling tower right in as the cooling tower operates with the air and now we have to deal with those. The last one was the scale component and that's why we do all of our tests. We have to know what's in the water, what's dissolved in the water, how much can we hold of that particular substance and now maybe we can put a product in it to extend that but that's where our scale comes from. You put all those items together. And you put a good professional water treater out there and they should be able to treat that water pretty darn well. So let's get right in our conversation about scale. It's important for us to realize we have to know the water that we are treating or we cannot treat it. I can't tell you how many service reports that I have seen from either companies I've worked with or customers that have shown me service reports and they don't have the makeup water on the report. Folks, if you don't know what makeup water is, well, maybe you need to listen to some more episodes of Scaling Up. But what that is, that's the water that's coming into the system. So that's the water right out of the tap. We have to know what we're starting out with in that water. And that can also be called raw water. I'm trying to think if there are any more names. We like to complicate things in water treatment. So there are probably 10 or 20 other names for that. But those are the two I can think of. We have to know what's in the water, what we're starting out with, so we know what to expect as we concentrate up the water. And it's also important to know that if I test an account in this city and I move over to another city, it's not necessarily going to be the same water. In fact, if I test water on a particular street and then I go across the street it might even be different. So, how do you know? Well, you know because you test. And we even have some accounts that change their water source. So, they could be something one day and the next day they're something completely different. They're getting water off of the city and then they're changing over to a well. So, by no means is being a water treater ever easy, but we have to understand certain things. We have to understand that water is unique to the location that we are at until we prove otherwise. And the only way we know is to test. And now that we know what's in the water, we can predict what is going to happen in the system using that water. Now, only pure water evaporates, leaving its solids behind. I've said that a couple times already but that's very important for a water treater to understand because we have to deal with all those solids that are left behind and eventually they are going to create an issue and we have to be able to anticipate that. A term that has been used for decades is cycles of concentration. And cycles of concentration is how many times a volume of water has evaporated and refilled and evaporated and refilled and evaporated and refilled. In that scenario, that would have been three a cycles of concentration of three. It's evaporated and refilled three times. I will tell you, I personally do not like the term cycles of concentration. It's perfectly acceptable if you're talking to another water treater, but I can't tell you how many customers that I've spoken with and I've said cycles of concentration, I've explained exactly what it is, and then when they try to explain it back to me, they're thinking it has something to do with the recirculation rate of the system. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. So what I like to do when I train people, when I'm teaching somebody a topic, I like to use words that explain themselves. So I don't use cycles of concentration. I use concentration ratio because that explains itself. What is the concentration ratio of the cooling tower? It's seven. Well, that means that it has evaporated and refilled its volume seven times. And whatever I test in the makeup water in reference to the cooling tower, the cooling tower should be seven times as concentrated as what I tested in the makeup water. The term just makes sense. And when I explain it like that, I know it makes sense. However, I'm talking to water treaters. If I'm not talking to a water treater, they may not understand the concept that there's a bunch of solids dissolved in this clear water. Well, I can't see it. It's just water. When it gets evaporated, everything goes away. So what I like to use is I like to bring cooking into the conversation because I guarantee you everybody has started to boil a pot of water on the stove, been distracted, the water evaporates out and they have a crusty substance on the bottom of that pot and that is all the dissolved solids that used to be dissolved in that water until all the water evaporated leaving its solids behind and that's exactly what you are seeing on that pan when you can tell people that they immediately get it and they understand So our job as a water treater is to conserve as much water as we can. We need to know how far we can extend our concentration ratio without creating an issue. And the issue is water will be fine holding a particular substance in solution up to a certain point. When it hits that certain point we get nucleation. Nucleation is that first little crystal that begins another crystal, that begins another crystal, and a domino effect that ultimately creates scale. Now, when you think of scale, I want you to think of insulation. Now, we all live in a house and we probably have paid somebody or we've done it ourselves to make sure that we have enough insulation up in our attic. When we are heating and cooling our homes, we do not want that heat or coolness to escape. So, we insulate that in. Well, folks, our job as water treatment professionals is we are heat transfer efficiency managers. And that means that because we are reducing the potential for corrosion, we're making sure things don't scale. We make sure things don't accumulate too much when we talk about microbials. And I said it that way on purpose because we are not sterilizing the system. I know we've talked a lot about Legionella, but Legionella is up and above a regular water treatment program. More to come on that in future episodes. And then we're also taking care Of the dirt and debris that's in the system. So, those are the four things that we're taking care of as a water treatment professional. But because we are doing that, we're making sure that heat transfer that's taking place in the system, which is the only reason they have that equipment in the first place, is as efficient as it possibly can be. If we have scale on any heat transfer surface, it's acting like that insulation in our attic. But now, it's making it more difficult to transfer heat. And in our house, that's exactly what we want. But in a heat transfer system, we want that to be as easy as possible because we want to take the heat from a place where we don't want it and send it off to a place that we do not care about it. Anything that comes in contact in between that process, that is going to impart more energy to do the same job if the system were clean. So clean systems mean more efficient systems. So when you think about scale, I want you to think about insulation and think that it's costing more money to transfer the heat because I do not have a clean system. And folks, if you've never thought about it, that is where we earn our worth to our customers. So, think about it. I'm going to try to do some visual math here. So, if you will, in your mind's eye, think about what I'm saying here so it will make sense to you. But I know you have customers out there that want you to lower your price. Somebody's always cheaper. You need to lower your price. Well. I was taught a long time ago there's price, meaning what you pay for something, and then there's cost. And the cost is looking at what you're paying for, but all the things that that one thing you're paying for is doing. And that's what we're going to look at right now. So, what is the value that us as water treaters can demonstrate to our customers? So, we said a clean system is an efficient system, a dirty system, obviously, is not as efficient. So, let's say we have a 1 one-hundredth of an inch of calcium carbonate scale on our heat transfer surface. And let's say we're in a cooling system here, specifically a chiller. Well, that's really small. That's about the thickness of a sheet of paper, 1 one-hundredth of an inch. So, that's not a lot of scaling if we were to look at it. But the fact of the matter is, if you were to do your math to figure out what calcium carbonate will cost as far as increased energy, it will reduce the efficiency of that machine by 10%. That means that chiller has to work 10% harder to overcome the insulative value of that calcium carbonate to transfer that heat so it can get the heat from a place where we don't want it to send it to a place where we don't care about it. Well, folks, let's go ahead and prove this with some math. So, we're going to look at a 500-ton chiller running 24 hours a day, 365 days a year at about 0.6 kilowatts per ton and they're paying 7 cents per kilowatt. If you do the math straight across with that, you're going to find out that they are paying $184,000 a year to run that chiller. Now, that's considering that it's at full load. But for this example, let's go ahead and consider that. If we reduce the efficiency by 10% because of that 1 one-hundredth of an inch of scale, 10% of $184,000 is $18,400. Now, one of the benefits that I have with working with the Association of Water Technologies is different regions will charge different amounts, not that everybody charges the same thing, not that there's any price fixing going on, but the market's out there and the market will bear a certain amount from one region to another and that's determined based on how they are treating the water. Is there more stuff in it that they have to deal with? Can they concentrate it up more? Can they concentrate it up less? So, with all of that, if we look coast to coast, a 500-ton system like that would be somewhere between $6,000 and $12,000 roughly. With that, if they are doing their job properly, they should be saving that $18,400. So let's take the top end of what that water treatment cost was. So $12,000 is what they're paying for somebody to come out and do a water treatment program. Well, they're now saving $18,400. And folks, that's the magic with what we do. They cannot transfer heat as efficiently as that equipment can transfer the heat without us doing what we do. The problem is so few of us talk about that. And what happens is we now compete against each other because of price. Folks, it's not about price, it's about how good of a water treater are you and how efficient are you making the system. So when we talk to customers, we want to make sure that they see our value and they know that if a professional like us are not doing their program, they are going to suffer because they're not going to get that optimal heat transfer efficiency. So, if you're not talking to your customers that way, I think you need to. And if you can't prove that you're doing that, you need to start asking questions like, why? Why am I doing the test that I am doing? Why am I doing these calculations? Why am I having these conversations with a customer? And why do I need this piece of equipment on the wall? All these things, they're all adding up to the fact that you're running a program to maximize the heat transfer efficiency. And if you can talk to a customer in terms of heat transfer efficiency management and what you are overall saving them because you are charging them for your water treatment program, they will get it and they will not be so sensitive when somebody else says that they can do it for 15 bucks cheaper a month. Scaling Up Nation, you know that I get the ideas for this show because of the people out there in the Scaling Up Nation. Folks like you either email me or they go to the webpage scalinguph2o.com and they go to the show ideas page and they send me show ideas. Another thing you can do is go to our webpage and you can leave us a voicemail. If you do that and I use your question on Scaling Up H2O, I will send you a Scaling Up t-shirt. So many people have gotten these scaling up t-shirts and they've sent me pictures them wearing them and I promise you will be the envy of all your water treatment friends with a t-shirt like that so please help me get one in your hands please keep those questions coming we are coming up on our hundredth episode it is so hard to believe that just a little over two years ago, I started scaling up H2O. And folks, we are over 10,000 subscribers now. We are in over 60 countries, and that doesn't happen without people telling other people that they need to listen to scaling up h2o so i appreciate that our job is not done your job is not done i really want to try to get this as big as possible because i think that's going to help us all as a water treatment community so when you're talking to a fellow water treater by all means bring up scaling up h2o and make sure that they know how to subscribe to that. Well, folks, it's hard to believe it's been an entire year almost since the AWT had its annual convention and expo. Well, it's coming up very quickly. The 2019 AWT annual convention and expo is going to be September 11th through 14th. If you have never been to an Association of Water Technologies convention, I promise you, you are missing out. There is so much stuff there. In fact, if you are a water treatment company owner and you're not coming to this, you are missing a tremendous opportunity. How often can you go into a room and every single person, every single vendor that you will ever need to buy from is in that room? Not to mention, there are other people that are walking that exhibit hall with you that are having the same exact issues that you are having, and there's no reason that you guys can't talk about it and figure out what one has done, what another has done, so you don't repeat each other's mistakes, and you can start solving solutions. Now, for those of you that don't own a water treatment company, but you work for a water treatment company, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go around the exhibit hall and you're going to think, what are the big issues that are happening in my company and what's one product in this huge exhibit hall of a hundred vendors that I can take back that will solve or hopefully begin to solve one of the issues that i am having i promise you as a water treatment company owner if you went to one of those and i spent money to send you and you came back with information like that i would be ecstatic but don't stop there you're going to see people that are your peers and folks you cannot go into a regular room and say I'm a water treater. I want everybody to do that. The next party they go to just scream I am a water treater and see what happens. People are going to look at you like you're crazy, and they're going to have no idea what that means. They're going to think you work at the local sewer or you're a pool professional. Well, that's not exactly what we do. I promise if you yell, I am a water treater across the AWT convention hall floor, everybody will turn around and say, yes, so what, so am I. I wonder if somebody will do that. That'll be fun. I'm going to get in trouble for this by the AWT. I can tell. But the point is, you are amongst people that understand what you go through day to day. When you start to meet those people and you start sharing ideas you are going to get tremendous ideas to take back to your company to take back to your regular day-to-day things that may just make everything that you do a little bit easier so by all means take advantage of that and for those of you that are going you should be able to download the agenda of the convention And you can see all the technical papers that are going to be presented this year. When you do that, you can now plan where you want to be, and you can even bone up on some of the information that they are going to talk about so you get even more out of those presentations. Folks, you can't afford not to go to the AWT Convention and Expo September 11th through the 14th and folks I'm going to be there I hope to see you there and by all means if you see me let me know that you're a listener of scaling up I love to meet people out there in the scaling up nation and I'm even going to be doing some recording I'm going to be seeing what are some of the new things that are coming to the water treatment industry that could help us do what we were just talking about how can we use some of these new ideas these new technologies to make our day today easier so maybe i'll even interview you we won't know unless you come up to me and introduce yourself folks one thing's for sure i love bringing this show to you and i will talk at you next week on scaling up h2o